on this episode of Three Bro Sports Podcast, a podcast of three college students who could just talk about sports forever. It is a big one in the NFL world as NFL free agency is kicked off. Big names, big cities, new places. You got to stay tuned to hear about our analysis of it all. Also, Zach Buchanan and Levi Weaver, both writers for The Athletic from Arizona and from Dallas, are going to be coming on to talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. But also, we got a special, special interview, a one-on-one that I was able to do with the one and only former two-time All-Star pitcher, now the color analyst for the Los Angeles Angels, Mark Gubaza. You guys want to stay tuned for this one. But first... Hi, this is Grant Napier, the television voice of the Sacramento Kings, and you're listening to Three Pro Sports. But first... Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to another Three Bus Sports Podcast, a podcast of three college students who just talk about sports forever. I'm Connor. And I am Julio Jones. <laughs> what made you go Julio Jones on such a, a free agent type uh, day? Well, I'm happy to say that we are going to be able to cover football again as much as I like talking about basketball and, you know, uh, giving the audience my knowledge on baseball, my extensive knowledge, I might add. <laughs> yes, yes. You are the baseball expert. Let's not ever get that mixed up. Also, I didn't prepare a name, so for some reason, Julio <laughs> Jones is the first name that came to my head, and that's that's what you got today, people. Okay, all right, we'll go with that. And ladies and gents, I know last uh, week's podcast, it was a little rough uh, doing it myself. Uh, Calvin is not going to be with us today as uh, we're having a lot of technical issues when it comes to recording the podcast. So I decided to make the executive decision and give uh, Calvin the day off. Uh, let him enjoy of uh, the Arizona Cardinals absolutely robbing uh, the Houston Texans. But okay, I, I, I'm going a little too quick into it. Let's dive into this NFL free agency that has been crazy. And I have to start it off with the one and only. Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Now, Brett, this almost seems as weird as the Verizon guy going to Sprint. I don't see... This is so bizarre. What are you making of this? I mean, out of all the teams that Brady could have gone to, I was thinking, like, maybe San Diego, but Tampa Bay... If San Diego had a team. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Tom Brady would have been a good place to start, but I... I didn't see Tampa Bay, but I definitely, you know, out of all the teams he could have gone to, I think they'll be one of the more exciting ones to watch with Bruce Arians, you know, air it out offense. I think Tom Brady will really have to show that he can still throw the ball downfield. So we'll see what happens with that. But it should be interesting, especially playing Drew Brees two times in the year. And uh, same thing with the, who else is in that division? I'm blanking Texans and Jaguars. So it should be interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you're thinking the wrong conference. Panthers and Falcons. Panthers and Falcons. That's right. Don't 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 you worry. I I got you covered on anything like that. But uh, there's been a lot of talks about the Buccaneers. There's a lot more uh, free agents that just have uh, now become free agents as of we're, as we're recording right now. Todd Gurley has been released, and now there was a lot of talks about the Buccaneers trying to trade. Uh, for Todd Gurley, and now the possibility of him going to Tampa Bay with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard with Tom Brady, it could become a reality. What are the Rams doing? I mean, he's had the issues with his knees, you know. I'm I'm not really educated on the medical side of that, but I know he's been off the field a lot, so I think that might have had something to do with it, and maybe they just, 
You know, they have a lot of money that they need to spread around. Cooper Cup's probably looking for a new contract soon. You know, he was drafted a couple years ago, and he's been really a key part of that offense when he's not on the field. Jared Goff really struggles a little more because he doesn't have that option to throw to. But I think that if Gurley was to go to Tampa Bay, that would definitely be a good addition to Tom Brady's offense, being that Todd Gurley can stay healthy. Oh, and he's a way bigger upgrade than Sony Michelle or James White. I mean, both uh, both respectively do things a lot differently in their style of play, but Todd Gurley over almost any other running back, that's always a positive. Well, who, uh, and who is Tampa Bay's uh, running back right now? Um, as of right now, it was Ronald Jones. He was uh, the lead back. It was kind of a running back by committee. As you know, Jameis, he didn't really want to air it out when he was quarterback. He, he, uh, he didn't want to hand it off. It, it was basically aired out as we were yeah, talking about. I think all he wanted and, to do was air it out, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah, air it out and also eat a couple crab legs while he was at it. He, he, he went for it all out there as... His stat line was so crazy. A 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. It, it was... Uh, quite interesting to say the least and now the the quarterback free agent market is is kind of out of control really Uh, with all uh, like uh, Philip Rivers he's now with the Colts Brady's with the Buccaneers and Brad you you may have a soft spot for this quarterback I know you're a Christian Ponder guy but Teddy Bridgewater going over to Carolina like this market is going crazy I mean Cam Newton's a free agent he seems upset with Carolina Uh, I, I what what Okay, what the hell is actually going on with this quarterback draft, uh, uh, free agency? Like, it's crazy. Well, I was actually more pleased to see Teddy Bridgewater go to Carolina versus reports that, you know, Chicago was trying to get him to go there. So I'm happy that we're not going to have to see Teddy two times a year. But Carolina's, you know, one of those places that I could see Teddy Bridgewater uh, really having a good career. I hope, you know, I really hope that he gets things turned around after having that horrific leg injury that kind of, ended his career in Minnesota. I was hoping he was going to be there for years to come. Uh, Obviously, that hasn't turned out. Vikings have extended Kirk Cousins, so obviously things have gone a little differently as a Vikings fan. Uh, But, you know, being a Minnesota fan, you you just learn to roll with the punches. Yeah, and since you are a Minnesota uh, fan, I'll I'll just ask you right now, Brett, how are you feeling about getting rid of Stephon Diggs? Um... You know, I never had anything against Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, he was always a spectacular player. You know, he has, he is the reason, you know, that Minnesota miracle. I've never seen anything like it, and I've never been that excited uh, to win a football game. I mean, t- you talk about the playoffs, uh, what was on the line, and how they won in the last few seconds. I mean, that's a play that will be remembered forever. And, you know, I think Stephon Diggs, for everything he did for Minnesota, he obviously didn't want to be there anymore. So I think what Minnesota got, uh, they got the 22nd overall picked in the draft this year. Um, They also got a fifth and a sixth for this year and a fourth rounder next year. So I think to get rid of a guy who didn't want to be there and get all that in return to help build your team for the future is, you know, a win-win in my opinion. Yeah, uh, all three of our teams, including Calvin's, uh, both, all three of us made quite a big trade. Uh, The 49ers uh, traded off Pro Bowler DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall pick to Indianapolis, and I, I personally like that trade as you weren't going to be you 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 couldn't have afforded Buckner, uh, Armstead, then try to get Bosa. Then there's so many guys you had to resign. I, I understand why you had to move Buckner. I, I was pretty pleased with the 13th overall pick for a guy on a uh, his final year on his contract, but. Calvin, I, I wish he was with us right now. He, he'd he have to be the most uh, excited about it all with all three trades. Uh, the Arizona uh, 
the Arizona Cardinals, they basically just committed highway robbery. They just robbed the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins for a washed-up David Johnson. I could say washed-up. We saw how, how poor he played last year. And they also got a fourth-round pick for basically just a second-rounder. Like, I... I or let me rephrase that. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, folks. As it was the uh, Cardinals gave up D uh, David Johnson a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-rounder. I, I, I get Bill O'Brien is out there. Why would you think that is a fair trade? Why? I understand the power struggles, but why? Yeah, I can't really explain that either. I mean, you got nothing in return for one of the arguably one of the best receivers in the league. It's hard to say the best because, you know, the top ones up there all are better at different things. But, you know, I'm sure Calvin is, is very happy. Now, he seemed quite happy in our group chat. <laughs> I'll give him that. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe maybe he'll even write an article about how happy he is as a Cardinals fan on our website, 3brosports.com. It's going crazy right now, folks. We got articles flying up left and right, high-quality content. You guys got to check it out. It's, it's quite simple. We even have a brand-new homepage. It's quite sleek, if uh, I do say so myself. You can check everything out. We're uh, adding on some new talent to the team uh, to start writing some articles. So uh, we'll be posting about that. Just follow us on Twitter at 3brosportstv one because as uh spongebob squarepants once said we were number one and we still are number one so so don't ever get that twisted folks and i, I there, there's a couple other moves that have just happened uh within the last uh there's a lot there's more than a couple but I'm, I'm highlighting the big ones uh one of them that just is another surprising move to me Hayden Hurst, a tight end from the Ravens, will now be going to the Falcons for a second-round draft pick. So, Hayden Hurst was the backup tight end for the Ravens. How, why would you sell him for, why would you give a, a second-rounder for him? Yeah, I mean, that's probably just what they were seeing with the production with Lamar Jackson just going off. His tight ends were really useful to him in that offense. But you look at Matt Ryan, I mean, he is far... Uh, different than Lamar Jackson in the terms of the way he runs the offense and plays quarterback. So I don't know if it is going to be, you know, as good of a transition for him, but we'll see. I mean, that Hayden Hurst was one of those guys. I remember when he was drafted, he was one of the two tight ends that was drafted in the first round, I think, or close to it. And, um, you know, he had yeah, a really he was a former baseball player, actually, for uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was in the minor league system. He gave up, and he just decided to go back to the NFL. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's 27 right now. So this isn't as if you just got like this 23-year-old uh, rookie. He's ready to come in for his first year. It's you got a guy with a little bit of experience, uh, maybe not as many years left on the clock. Well, 27 still young, but still. And I mean, when you're making the, a swap for uh, Hayden Hurst from Austin Hooper, I, I think that's a significant downgrade, right? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree. Austin Hooper was, like, the best tight end to have in fantasy football last year, if you're thinking about it, ever since, you know, Gronk retired and the tight ends. I mean, other than Travis Kelsey. And George Kittle. Don't forget about my boy Kittle. Yeah, I, I can't forget about him. But if you didn't have one of those guys, <laughs> Austin Hooper was a solid option. And, uh, you know, fantasy football aside, he, he's definitely a more reliable target, in my opinion, than Hayden Hurst, who hasn't really proved that he's that – uh, guy you would want to trade a second round pick for but we'll see you know the Falcons people they are you know in those positions for a reason you know they have a lot of experience so 
I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see how Hayden Hurst turns out. Yeah, they definitely have more front office experience than all of us uh, combined. Yeah, so, <laughs> so speak for yourself. I, I, speak for yourself, Connor. I have plenty of experience. I just, you know, oh, I, would you I, like I've to tell, tell tell the audience uh, of what you you've been up to? Like, what what moves have you made? Um, I can't get into it right now. You know, <laughs> I signed an agreement that I would stay away from the game because you know it just wasn't fair. I was just able to sign anyone. So if you think about teams back in the day that. You know, we're okay. Okay. we're powerhouses. Fine, I'll give you that. Since you just, <laughs> since you signed your non-disclosure, I, I won't get into that for you. But but I gotta since ask, we, we I gotta ask you a question though. If we were okay, to, I have an answer. To go back to the quarterbacks um, that we were, you know, talking about how it was kind of crazy. What do you think about Philip Rivers going to Indianapolis? Okay, I was gonna kind of save that, but I I, I really like. Rivers going out there now. Brissett looked like he was a good quarterback, but it just seemed as if the second half he was injured, and well, he it, I kind of think it's a little injured. unfair. But Rivers is a veteran, is a proven guy to go out there, and you know what he's going to produce. And you have really solid weapons out there, a good offensive line, a great defense. It just seems like a perfect uh, situation for him. And, it's, and the same goes to Brady. I mean, uh, when you have all those offensive weapons, and let, let's just hope the offensive line can hold up for him. Because I always make the do who who is the, who are the Indianapolis Colts offensive weapons? I mean, Marlon Mack, he's a good running back. You got T.Y. Hilton. But outside of that, I think they need another receiver on that team that's going to, you know, be able to do something. I mean, who has really oh. – what was it, Dante Moncrief? That was like the last guy they had that had somewhat kind of a little bit of production. Well, let's just look at Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle. I, those two have been great tight ends, and sometimes you don't need that second receiver. And you can you can easily draft a, a, a solid receiver. I mean, Debo Samuel, uh, he won he won in the third round. You could easily be able to pick somebody up uh, throughout the draft to replace him as a second weapon. I, like when we look at the Chargers, they were kind of in a similar situation: a, a really good quarterback. Uh, a, a nice running back and a great number one receiver, but the second receiver was always kind of a toss-up. Really, it was never, it wasn't the greatest options that you could have picked. But I'm curious to see what Rivers does, especially. Uh, I think uh, he's going into year 38. I, I don't know how much more he has in the tank, but I'm I'm all for it for right now. Yeah, but, we'll see. Okay, so we'll see if he can throw uh, less interceptions in Indianapolis than he can. I mean, it is indoors, so. Yeah, so right now, I'm just going to tie it back into the quarterback realm of things. Brady just went to Tampa Bay, and now uh, there's a quarterback in New England called Stridham. I, I can't remember the first name, but that's his last name. He's pro- he, uh, yeah, he's projected to be the starting quarterback in, uh, for the season for the Patriots, but Joe Flacco was just released today. Is there a chance Joe Flacco becomes a quarterback? I have my own conspiracy about what can happen, but I'll, I'll just ask you this. No. No okay. way. Very, very good answer. But I I personally don't see Flacco either. I just had to get that question out the way for any of the viewers just to get some extra input. But my conspiracy, oh, my conspiracy is the New England starting uh the New England Patriots starting quarterback is going to be Andrew Luck. This sounds really odd to many folks of, "Oh, he quit. He's out of the league. He doesn't have the passion anymore." Well, what if, let's just throw the scenarios out here because the sports realm is crazy. What if he decided to take the year off knowing Brady could A, either retire or B, go to a new team, say, let's just take the whole year off. I get to travel the world, get healthy again, 
And you know what? Maybe if Bill Belichick really wants me to be a quarterback, I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to the league. I'll play for the Patriots. Uh, the Colts already signed Rivers. It seems as if they're, they're moving in a different direction. You maybe trade him off for a, a second or third round pick because he has a pretty big contract. I don't think it's that far out there of a conspiracy for, for myself personally. I just can't agree with that. I just, you know, I think Andrew Luck's done. He's a smart guy. I think that it had a lot to do with his health and kind of all the stuff that's going on, head injuries and stuff. He probably thought, you know, he'd done enough. I just, if it happens, you know, more power to you. I think that would be awesome. If he's going to come back and, you know, take Tom Brady's, uh, like, take his throne or however you want to, uh, set that up in a creative way. I just think that uh, Andrew Luck is is done, but I think they, you know, I think Bill Belichick really likes Stidham. I mean, out of all the reports and stuff coming out, I mean, they've they've talked about him being the guy since last year, since they drafted him. So we'll see, but uh, that is definitely an interesting conspiracy theory you have there. So it's a shame that we don't have a show to uh, to talk about it on. Yeah, sadly, uh, I did post it up onto our Facebook for. But for those who haven't friended us, A, what the hell are you doing? Uh, you should have uh, uh, liked our page a long time ago. Uh, and also, we, we our show will not be uh, live on Saturday. It's going to be a rerun of last week. There was some technical difficulties last week. So it'll be a new... It'll be new to you guys uh, episode. Uh, Parker Fleming, Espionation from Memphis Grizzlies. He will be on. We'll be talking about the Grizzlies season. We have our own uh, conspiracy put in. Uh, it, it's a great episode. You guys have to stay tuned. TVDomarva.com at 1 p.m. Or even if you don't want to watch it, uh, <laughs> you don't have to watch it on the website. You can find it on YouTube, 3 Bros Sports. It's always uploaded uh, maybe an hour after uh, the episode is on. But, Brett, I know we could easily go on this forever, but sadly, due to technical difficulties, we got a couple uh, interviews uh, to get out of the way. So, you know, Brett, I'll, I'll give you the rest of the day off to enjoy yourself from coming back from your uh, paradise vacation, which I'm still jealous about. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. It was a good time, man. I was got a little hairy there at the end. I wasn't sure if I was gonna get get back in time. I thought I might spend four more weeks in quarantine and in, in the Caribbean, but you know, I guess there's there's worse places to get stuck. But I made it home okay. So, well, I'm glad you didn't make it home just fine because it it would have sucked for uh, all of us if uh, you you weren't able to come back for any reasons as. The website would be in a lot of trouble. Same with the podcast. Same with getting videos up onto our YouTube channel. Basically, everything would have crumbled. The whole foundation would have just fallen down. Yeah, don't so you, don't we you are forget glad you're back, it. Don't buddy. you forget it, Connor. I'm the glue. <laughs> oh, trust me, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Brett. So we could just go on about this forever. But I got a couple interviews coming up. And when we come back, Levi Weaver, a, a reporter for The Athletic, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, he'll be coming on to talk about the Texas Rangers. We'll be right back. And on the line with me right now, we don't have just one reporter today. We have two. We got Levi Weaver from The Athletic, Dallas-Fort Worth for the Texas Rangers. Mr. Weaver, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? You know, just, I'd be living the dream if uh, we were able to be going outside and going places. But with this whole uh, coronavirus outbreak going on right now, I'll just ask you personally, how are you holding up with all this without any sports for almost 10 days now? You know, weirdly, it's not uh, the lack of sports that is that is the challenge. Like I, during the baseball season, I've got sports every day, and 
you know, it kind of eventually becomes a job. So I'll be happy to get back to work and, and kind of get back to that schedule when it's time. But um, in the meantime, it's just sort of like it's really nice to be at home and have time with my family. But then it's like, so what are we going to do? We can't yeah. go anywhere. Let's take a walk, I guess. <laughs> that aspect of it I think is going to be challenging for however long this lasts yeah but make sure you're six feet away from everybody (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so right now with uh the whole outbreak and everything what have you seen from the texas rangers what are they doing uh to help out uh specifically the minor league players and also the staff employees yeah so they we just actually got a conference call with, with the general manager he um you know mlb has announced that they are going to be paying minor leaguers a stipend through at least um the end of when their spring training is going to end, which hopefully they will continue to extend that throughout the season. Um, they have sent basically just sent everybody home. Uh, they have sort of biweekly wellness checks where you know they've split them, split up the players amongst staff, and staff checks in a couple times a week to see how guys are doing. Uh, so far, nobody on the team has tested positive. Um, of course, we're still in the I think the early stretches of this, so we'll, that I, I assume will change at some point, but. So far, so good. And then, um, as far as like the biggest challenge, I think for the Rangers is having players that are from Venezuela, and there's like a, a total, like they can't basically can't trust that they're gonna. Actually, I don't remember if it's that they can't get to Venezuela or couldn't get back. I think it's that they couldn't get back. And so those guys are, you know, there's roughly ten of them living at the complex in the Dominican Republic. There's around thirty of them living at the Rangers Village in Arizona. But even those guys, when they're working out, like each of them have their own individual equipment, so they're not sharing equipment. Um, you know, like the the stretchy bands that they give pitchers. Each one has their own individual. Like, don't don't touch anyone else, anyone else's gear. Um, it's weird, man. It's weird to think about. And and basically, the workout complex is all but shut down, with very few exceptions. It's being sanitized anytime it's being used. And, um, yeah, everyone's pretty much on lockdown. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's just so weird to uh, see this all happening, really, it, because it's unprecedented. Or even just around this time of all major sports canceling. I mean, right now, I think on ESPN, maybe the best thing I could be able to watch live is like a bowling match. Or, or I don't, uh-huh. I don't even know what what's gonna be on or when the season will start. But we'll, we'll act as if uh, the season is going to be starting soon. So kind of diving into the Rangers off season, I, I always have this idea of every team that gets a new stadium, they always go after uh, a star player to put in it uh, to get extra fans yeah. into the seats. And this star player for the Rangers was Corey Kluber. And it, it, a great ad. It's a bounce back. And there was also a lot of other additions of uh, players that maybe didn't have the greatest year last season, but they could be big bounce back candidates. I mean, Cody Allen, Greg Bird, Matt Duffy, Robinson, uh, Robinson Carinas, yeah. Now he, he's definitely a good catcher, but Edison Volquez, Jordan Lyles. What do you make of this off season for the Rangers? Yeah, I think you you've, you've named a few of the interesting ones that um, you know. I think Lyles and Gibson were really good early additions for the team. Both of those guys. Gibson struggled a little bit early last year because he. He was on a mission strip in the off season and got E. coli, and then as a result, they discovered that he had um, uh, ulcerative colitis, and so he sort of probably should not have been pitching, but kind of tried to pitch through it and and went through a number of different medications. He said he's on his fourth different medication now, but feels like he's kind of found one that's working, and so that could be a guy that is a good bounce back candidate. Um, Jordan Lyles was awesome when once he got to the Brewers last year, and the 
he and the team both sort of looked at what was the difference and kind of using he's got a good spin rate on his fastball using that at the top of the zone um kind of where he uses which pitches and i think they think that he will be somebody that they hope his pitch is better you know more like he did in milwaukee than he did uh in pittsburgh and then um and then yeah greg bird has been a really interesting one for me because you know ronald guzman struggled last year had a good strong september when he came back but um bird was brought in to try to kind of give him some competition at first base and i I don't know that either guy really went out and and grabbed the the position during the spring training that we had so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out this definitely adds a twist to the evaluation of those guys at first base um so yeah i think those are the, the really interesting ones for me uh uh, Cody Allen, I didn't really see pitch enough to get a good vibe for how he was doing. I knew he had a, a couple of, uh, not injuries, but just tweaks. So he was off the mound um, for a lot of the time that I was there. So I don't know. He, he could be a wild card to, to yeah. Do, yeah, well, bullpen. His, his stint with the Angels back in 2019. I'm an Angel fan. Uh, that's my diehard team. Sure. Uh, let's just say his uh, time uh, in Los Angeles was not pleasant but he does always yeah. seem as if he's a bounce back guy i mean when he's still throwing up into the mid upper 90s and he still has some life on his cutter i mean the right team could easily be able to fix that i i, I wish him the best about it all but Corey kluber was kind of the main ad now he, he did battle some injuries but what did you see from him going into spring training he looks all right uh, his fastball was sitting sort of 89 to 92 which is not overwhelming but he's never been a, a guy who really relies heavily on his velocity um his secondary pitches have always been his bread and butter and, and he looked all right and it's important to remember that the injury that he had last year was not uh like a shoulder or elbow injury it was that he got hit in the forearm by a comebacker and so what the team has said and what Corey has said himself is that what they hope is that you know they kind of saw that performance begin to come down a little bit and even before the injury and and what they hope is that that was because he pitched more innings than anyone else over the course of the last five years being in the postseason and being kind of a workhorse guy. And so maybe that the year off is going to be beneficial to him and maybe something that will help him kind of come back to closer to what he was. I, I looked at a few numbers and saw that his release point was an, an interesting one for me when he was really successful. His release point was closer to six feet um, in 2019 before the injury. It was closer to about five feet and four inches mm. and so his release point had come down a little bit and what what i think that was is he was battling some knee uh soreness um and so again if that time off has been good for his knee and he gets his release point back up where it was then, then yeah i mean the, the rangers basically paid a price of a number three starter and and if that's all he ends up being then then they got what they paid for. But if he is anywhere better than that, if he is close to a one or a two, then, um, man, that could be a really good acquisition for Texas. Oh, I I really think it it was a great acquisition for the Rangers because it didn't seem as if too much was really given up, as you were saying. It's basically the price for a a third guy in your rotation, but this is a guy uh, that can come back and still produce like an ace, especially staying in the AL. And who who really knows what's going to be happening with how the season goes and coming uh, projection wise, maybe the delay is actually really beneficial for guys like Kluber. Could be. Yeah. I mean, less of a workload this year. I think it certainly benefit the older guys. Uh, another guy that's probably going to, in a sort of a dark sense of the word benefit from this is uh, Willie Calhoun. He was hit by a pitch in the jaw, had a broken jaw, had surgery to fix it. Um, they didn't have to put pins in. They just put in a plate and he was expected to miss 
you know, the first couple of months of the season, well, now everybody is projected to miss at least the first, you know, month and a half. Of the season, so, <laughs> yeah, the injury uh, list is piling up right now. Yeah, so he um, probably isn't going to miss much time relative to everybody else, which, I, again, I think uh, in a – it seemed weird to use the word benefit when it comes to a broken yeah, jaw, and it, I don't want to be, you know, uncaring about that, but it could benefit the Rangers, you know, more than – Maybe another team. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get where you come from. Don't, don't, don't worry. <laughs> the viewers know as well. <laughs> but okay. going into this year, uh, I, I, I recently also uh, interviewed Zach Buchanan, a writer for the, the Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. We, we were, all, we were both kind of talking about well, when we're looking at the divisions, because uh, the NL West and the AL West are kind of similar. Of you, you kind of have a feeling of who's going to take the division. Personally, uh-huh. I see it being the A's. I, I think it's their year, and the Angels are going to put a fight for them. I just don't see the Astros doing too well. But with this shortened season. I, it doesn't seem as if there's a lock for any team to really win a division. And the Rangers definitely have a case. Last year, they they really overperformed, in my opinion. And who knows, with a shortened season, anything can really happen. What what are you feeling kind of going into this 2020 season? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I actually thought they kind of underperformed in a lot of ways, at least during in their lineup. Um, you know, Guzman was supposed to take a step forward. He ended up spending some time in the minor leagues. Uh, Rubenet Odor had a strong 2018, came out and was not great in 2019. Um, you know, Joey Gallo was really good, but a possible MVP candidate for the first month and a half of the season, but then he injured his hammock bone and was not the same after that. So I really felt like they had a whole lot more potential than what they played up to last year. Um, but yeah, like you said, anytime one of the things that makes baseball such a unique sport is that it, you know, with a 162 game season, you kind of end up getting the best teams in the playoffs because that the larger the sample size, the, the more, the, the more talented, the better teams are going to do. So anytime you shorten that, yeah, it becomes more of a frenzied free for all. And so, you know, if it's down to a hundred games, if it's down to 90 game season, then yeah, absolutely. The, the any team could get on a hot streak and, and, make it go make a run at it yeah and, and baseball has always been a, a more fascinating sport to me personally because it's any given night it could be the worst team in baseball or you can call them the worst team mm-hmm. they could go up and beat the best team in baseball right. and like let's go back to when uh Derek jeter took over for the marlins uh that marlins team there wasn't many expectations but their opening series was against the cubs and they split that series two out of four nobody really can expect what's going to happen in baseball and that's the beauty of it I one time watched Austin Bibbins Dirks go up against Max Scherzer, and Austin Bibbins Dirks won. That's, I mean, on a one game sample size, like that's going to happen, what, one time out of 25, maybe? But, yeah, yeah, if you're I lucky. I never forget watching that happen. I, I've witnessed way too many things as an Angel fan that just kind of blow my mind of, like, <laughs> what are the odds of this happening? Oh, wait, we're the Angels. It's going to be happening a lot more frequently. The Rangers the Rangers were one strike away in 2011 from winning their first World Series. What, what were the odds that they were going to win the World Series when that last pitch was thrown? I mean, yeah, nobody knows. And, and then, yeah, it just didn't happen. Baseball is uh, cruel, and and it, it rewards and takes away without uh, – really caring a whole lot about how it's going to affect any of its fans yeah yeah it really is and that, that's always why I, I i've always loved baseball more than basketball and football because it, it's more talent based uh when you're looking at the roster but baseball it, it can be any sort of guys go out there on uh, one night and they could be they can overproduce or just surprise everybody but going into the season so far is there any players that you've seen that maybe when the season does start they're gonna have a breakout year that nobody's really talking about 
Isaiah Kiner Falefa. I say that without hesitation. Wow. Um, okay. He, yeah, he was a, a utility guy. He's defensively, he's a wizard. Um, one of the stats that really that really stood out to me was um, outs above average, and this is a it's a cumulative stat. So it's you know I use that on a one game sample size. Somebody can go out and go two for four, and they've got a 500 batting average. Does that mean they're a 500 hitter? Absolutely not. They had a good game. Outs above average, however, is a cumulative stat. So, like, you can't hit 32 home runs in one game. If you hit 32 home runs, that kind of tells you that the guy's a power hitter. This is kind of like that for defense. Uh, in 2018, he finished – he played, I think, 60-something games at third base, finished third in all of baseball behind Nolan Arenado and Matt Chapman at third base um, for outs above average. So he is an elite defensive third baseman. The question has always been his bat. Can he hit – and man, he has come out. So in 2019, they they, changed, they switched him to catcher because he can do that as well. And it he sort of his workouts changed. He became tried to bulk up a little bit, become more of a catcher type body, and it just didn't work out. I mean, catching is so hard to do, and especially to do it on the fly. He eventually abandoned the experiment in August or September, but it was too late for him to kind of go back to his old body style. So this year in spring training, he has come out and he has been on an absolute mission. I think he has four or five home runs. He's never been a power hitter, but spent the offseason getting his old body back, working on his power and his speed. Uh, he looks like not just a – I mean, again, it's spring training, right? Like you don't want to put too much emphasis on spring training because sometimes you're pitching against guys that are going to be in high A or double A. <laughs> yeah. But – but from what I've seen, from what we've all seen from him this spring so far, he looks like not just a big leaguer and not just a starter. He looks like an all-star third baseman. And wow. for a team that missed out on Anthony Rendon, he was their big target this season. They didn't get him. There were the talks of them trying to trade for Arenado, trying to trade for maybe Chris Bryant. Man, if Isaiah Kiner Falefa steps up and becomes a star third baseman, that is going to be such a huge shot in the arm for the Rangers. And I don't know that he is all star caliber at the at, at the plate as far as hitting goes, but if he can even hit, you know, two sixty with like a three twenty, three thirty on base at, uh, percentage, his defense is good enough at third base that they could shift Todd Frazier across the diamond to play first base, and that would be an enormous. Uh, benefit to the team so yeah he's the guy to, to keep an eye on this year wow it kind of reminds me uh I, I i always have to use angel reference but david fletcher of he's so versatile of last year brad osmus was trying to put him at catcher now now granted it was brad osmus but it's still the thought of <laughs> yeah i can make many jokes about brad osmus don't you worry i watched every game <laughs> the jokes can come on forever but uh, there's so like the most versatile guys are always your best defenders and when you yeah. finally get them set at one position they just skyrocket. Like once David Fletcher was set at third base, if I'm not mistaken, on the defensive metrics, I think he was uh, he was a top three defensive third baseman in the entire AL. Like the numbers he was producing wow. were crazy, batting over 280 like the whole year. Like I, I'm I'm really excited to hear about Falefa because I I wasn't personally even I didn't even think about him. I thought maybe Leclerc was gonna now be maybe a top five closer in baseball as the breakout guy. Who who knows? Uh, but. Uh, final question before I let you go. Thank you so much for coming on uh, yeah, the of podcast. Of So let's just say uh, we do end up having a 162-game season in, uh, for uh, the MLB. What would you have the Rangers record at? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> let's see. If it, so if all of this didn't happen and opening day was happening on March 26th as originally scheduled, um, I think – with the rotation being what it is, with you add Kluver, Lyles, and Gibson to Minor and uh, Lance Lynn, that's a really good rotation. Yeah. Uh, I think 80, 
five wins. Yeah, I, I could put them in that range. Uh, on our on our website, threebrothersports.com, I did my power rankings. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I put the Rangers at 21 just on the fear of I didn't know how consistent the offense would be, but that's just an outsider's perspective. I'm I'm just 18 doing a podcast oh, sure. and a website. Who, who knows? Because the, like the Rangers and the Red Sox, they, they strike me as it's it's a complete – either they're going to over-exceed everybody's expectations or they're going to just kind of be like middle of the pack, like they'll do good. But I, like the upside for the Rangers is so high, especially with a guy like Joey Gallo. I'm I could I could agree with 85 wins. I think that that could be pretty reasonable for this team. But the AL West is like overpowered. Yeah, no, you're right. The A's are going to be good. The Angels did their best to load up for Bear. I mean, the Astros are still. We'll see how the Astros are now uh, that all this trash can banging thing has come to light. We'll see if if that. I mean, you know, new manager, new GM, right? So yeah, that's that's a, a big part of it. Um, I think the only team we don't have to worry about in the AL West is the Mariners. Uh, no, again, I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Maybe the first fifteen games we can worry about them, but after that, right, uh, yes, yeah, let, let it go. <laughs> we already know the process of it, but Mr. Weaver, yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I, I, I know times are always tough coming up with uh, content for now, but I, I, baseball will be coming up real soon. I know it, and hopefully when the season does start up, we, we'd love to have you on again. Of course, yeah, happy to do it. All right, thank you so much. And that was Levi Weaver for you guys for the Texas Rangers. I always love getting to talk baseball, especially when it goes into Uh, the Angels uh, division. Uh, When we come back, we have another special guest for you. We have uh, Zach Buchanan from The Athletic Arizona. He'll be on with us in just one second. Hey, without further ado, I got a special guest for you guys today. We got Zach Buchanan from The Athletic Arizona, who's uh, covering the Diamondbacks. Mr. Buchanan, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm going a little stir-crazy on home arrest, basically, but I'm doing (laughs) fine. Yeah, what is it now? I think it's day nine. Uh, you know, it's, it's not even that far. Uh, a week ago today, we were at the spring training complex where they were announcing that they, they, they had decided to cancel the rest of spring training. And we were all out there and we talked to people with, you know, six foot distances and stuff like that. And then the day after that, the uh, facility was closed to the media. So I've been home since then. So, but it, it feels like it's been a month. Yeah, well, I mean, at least luckily for you, when you're covering the Diamondbacks, you're still in Arizona. I mean, it, it's it's tougher for other riders who are, like, across the country having to go back home, figuring out what to do. So uh, one quick question. So I'm hearing that there's a the biggest uh, shortage in toilet papers happening in Arizona. Can you confirm if this is true or not? Uh, I don't know. I do know when I went to the grocery store a few days ago, they were um... – sold out of it we don't need toilet paper um i'm not sure why everybody is so desperate to get toilet paper but it is very hard to find toilet paper if you're looking for it yeah i mean a bidet's 30 dollars. come on folks let's get smarter out here who needs toilet paper let's go into the future with the bidets yeah the, the weird thing is that people buying up all the bottled water like we all have tap water water's not going anywhere yeah a lot would think so i I, I don't know. I, I wish I can get to the mindset of other people. But right now with this whole coronavirus outbreak, what have you been hearing about the Diamondbacks? What are they doing to uh, help out the staff, uh, possibly even the minor league players? Well, t- uh, today there was announced that the MLB is taking a, uh, an initiative to help out the minor leaguers, at least through when the start of the minor league season would, would have begun, which is uh, April 9th. So, 
all the minor leaguers, most of whom have been sent home, they are now getting a kind of a lump sum stipend to make up for what they would have made uh, if they were in minor league spring training right now. So that minor leaguers don't get paid during spring training, but they do get a per diem of food money, and a lot of them get lodging. Um, and so that they're going to send some money to those guys to make up for that money. Because a lot of guys, what they do with their per diem is they pocket it. It's like, you know, it's a healthy amount of money per day. And they get meals provided at the facility, so you don't need all that money, and they pocket that stuff and save it. Um, it remains to be seen what they're going to do for these guys once the regular season would have started for them on April 9th. But Major League Baseball has uh, a bit of head, you know, they've got some runway, I guess is the best way to put it, to figure that stuff out. Uh, April 9th is three weeks away. Um so they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to pay these guys and not just let them kind of rot on the vine like this because it's not their fault that they can't play baseball right now. And they're going to have to do the same thing for the major league players, although the major league players are in less dire of circumstances. Yeah. Uh, but just like we've seen them do this for stadium workers, they're going to have to do it for minor leaguers as well. Yeah, the minor leaguers are one ones I've been most concerned about because, uh, like, the pay already has been quite limited for some. I remember reading an article, I can't remember who it was, uh, but they were in the minor league system, and uh, I think they made $60 more than what they made in the MLB, and that was for them doing uh, DoorDash for just two days. Uh, like, these are some dire situations of you have to fly them out again. Like, th most are paying for rent for apartments out in Arizona. You don't know what's... I, you don't know what the future holds for these guys. And also with the MLB coming out saying that they may want to start closing down minor league teams. Uh, like the future is really bleak for a lot of prospects when it comes to what is the, like, what does the future hold for them as of right now financially? Are they going to be able to support everybody or not? Yeah, it is. It is kind of bleak. I mean, this has long been a discussion in baseball is that the, the minor leaguers really get stepped on and they, uh, if Major League Baseball wants to have a healthy pipeline of big leaguers. They need to treat the minor leaguers better. Um, and I think Major League Baseball knows that. And we maybe would have seen some initiatives along those lines, despite the, you know, their arguments for closing down 42 minor league teams, which just about everybody else outside of Major League Baseball agrees is a bad idea. Um, but they're going to have to pay these guys better, and they have the ability to pay these guys better. But right now, they have to focus on pay the, paying these guys at all, so these guys don't have to go put their health at risk and get other jobs where they have to interact with people and potentially spread the virus. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where the MLB will be taking things. But I did bring it on to talk about the Diamondbacks. So let's kind of just go into uh, uh, the Diamondbacks season. If when it does start, uh, the Diamondbacks had a really productive offseason, uh, adding Madison Bumgarner, acquiring uh, Starlin Marte, and uh, adding one of my most favorite players, uh, Cole Calhoun. So what what are you kind of making of this offseason, especially after a quite surprising second half to 2019? I mean, I think they got better. The, the question is not whether they got better. They clearly did. They didn't really lose anybody uh, important from their team to free agency. They didn't trade anybody way over the offseason. They added a bunch of proven major leaguers. The question is whether they got better than the Dodgers. Um, now, maybe that's going to be a moot point if we have a shortened season and, you know, suddenly the Dodgers aren't going to have the chance to get out ahead by 17 games or something. Maybe this works better for the Diamondbacks. I don't know. Um but uh, they're certainly a better team than they were before. And uh, over, at least over the course of a 162-game season, you would say that they're a wild-card contender. 
Yeah, like the Diamondbacks, oh, I just recently did on our website, 3brosports.com, my power rankings. I put the Diamondbacks, I believe, at 14, and I, I easily could have put them lower, but they had an amazing offseason now. It's kind of a tough division. I'm, the Dodgers will uh, most likely be number one. Who knows with the short season? Like you said, I agree. I mean, even the Padres, I think they've had a really interesting offseason. When you're looking at this division, do you think that the Padres could actually make a real fight for the NL West with a shortened season? I think it's possible. I mean, the Padres have gotten better as well. I mean, the, the, the two teams that you can say probably didn't are the Rockies and the Giants. And there's at least an argument to be made that the Rockies could bounce back. Um, but uh, the, the Padres, they have a lot of good young talent. They have a tremendous farm system. Uh, they need Manny Machado to play better. They certainly need Eric Hosmer to play better. Um, but they're talented. They're They're kind of a sleeping threat for sure. Yeah, and now we're on to the Diamondbacks sides of things. In 2019, it was a quite a bit of a surprising year ending off 2019 as the Diamondbacks traded off Zach Greinke, but it seemed as if the team got a lot better. And kind of going into this year, who's going to be leading the momentum into this 2020 season? Um, well, before this all ground to a halt, I was looking at Zach Gallons kind of being guy with the argument for being the best pitcher on the team and and he, he is a big reason why they didn't really lose any momentum after trading Granky. he came in and was really good immediately he struggled a little bit with command but he he was probably their best pitcher down the stretch uh and he's a, a big breakout candidate for me um, whenever the season starts going i think he's going to be really really good and the rotation overall is pretty deep. I mean, if Luke Weaver is healthy, something that you worry less and less about the longer the season is delayed and the further he gets from his flexor mass injury. Uh, and that's kind of, he's another guy that was really good at the top of the rotation before he got hurt last year. But Robbie Ray has lost a lot of weight, picked up a few more ticks on this fastball. Uh, and then you've got Mike Leak, and you've got uh, Merrill Kelly in there, and also Madison Bumgarner, who is maybe on the back end of his career, but is still a very effective pitcher. As they've got a really strong rotation compared to a lot of other teams. Yeah, I, I really have loved the way that the Diamondbacks have kind of handled things. It's been more of a, a quiet offseason. Of, these aren't huge, big names that they're acquiring, but they're acquiring the right guys to fill the, the right voids for this team. And now... Are there any real voids for this Diamondbacks team going into the year that you may be a little concerned about? Um, I, I don't know if they have many holes, actually. It's it's more a question of you're looking at players who could backslide a little bit. Uh, a lot of the players in their lineup, especially, are guys who uh, you can have legitimate questions about whether they can do that again. Can Christian Walker do what he did again at first base? after his first whole season in the majors, can Cattell Marte be the MVP-type player he was? Can Eduardo Escobar do what he did again? Even Cole Calhoun, who you know came off of two down seasons to have a solid year last year, what can you expect out of that guy? What can you expect out of David Peralta coming off of shoulder surgery? There are a lot of question marks along those lines of – uh, you can squint and see a way that they all goes it all goes well and they win a lot of games, but you can also see several of those guys regressing back to what they were before, and then you wonder, okay, how are they set up to overcome that? Yeah, and you brought up Cole Calhoun, and now for my team, I'm a diehard Angels fan, and it did hurt to see Calhoun leave, but I understand as of why when you have a guy like Joe Adele, and I can promise you right now that you will never want to go back once uh, you have a uh, Cole Calhoun out in right field. The, the guy is just a defensive wizard. I, I can't wait to see what he's going to be able to do back in his hometown. Um, 
but I know I'm going a little off topic. I'm going to edit it around, but, but I got uh, one last question for you. Thank you so much for coming on uh, today's podcast. If I was to give you a magical wand as of right now, and you could be able to predict what the uh, Diamondbacks season is going to hold or the record, what, what are you feeling right now for uh, this 2020 season for them? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so if we're assuming a 162-game season, uh, they won 85 a year ago, put me down for 88. You know, I think they get better. I don't think they're a super team. And I think still having to play the Dodgers 19 times over the course of a season is, is pretty tough. Um, so 88 wins, that maybe gets them on the, in the conversation for the wild card. Yeah, I, I kind of had them around there as well when I was doing the rankings of, like, when we look at a team like the Washington Nationals as of last year, like, they had great depth overall, and they had some young stars, but the Diamondbacks kind of remind me of a 2015 Kansas City Royals squad of its overall great depth. Everybody's able to get on base on this team. I don't think uh, there wasn't one starter with a uh, on-base percentage under about 315, if I'm not mistaken. Like w- this team looks as if they could be able to go up against anybody on every single night and put up a real good fight, especially going into October. I I, I see them making it in as a wild card. I'm just curious as of who they'll face and maybe if they can win the division if it's a shortened season with the Dodgers. But Mr. Buchanan, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I know it, we're in weird times as of right now of we don't know when the season will start, but I'm glad to at least hear you're doing just fine out there, especially uh, you didn't have to travel too far to go cover the Diamondbacks. Let's hope everything gets a lot better, and hopefully we can have you on again soon if the season does start. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. And that was Zach Buchanan from The Athletic Arizona talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks. And when we come back, I got a special interview for you guys. I've been talking about this uh, throughout the podcast. The one and only two-time former All-Star pitcher for the Kansas City Royals and also in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame and now color analyst for the Los Angeles Angels, Mark Gubiza, is coming on to the podcast. You guys want to stay tuned for this one. And without further ado, on the line with us right now, I have the one and only... Mark Gubiza. Now, before we get into this, I just want to at least point out to all the viewers that I am doing a little bit of a makeshift recording as the normal place where we would record. Uh, there's been some issues going on, so I have to find out some makeshift ways to make sure everything is possible. So the audio may be a little uh, iffy, but without further ado, I want to make sure we get this special, special interview on. Mr. Gubiza, how are you doing today? Hey, kind of. How's it going, my friend? You know, it's it'd be going wonderful if... <laughs> All these uh, events weren't going on, but right before we started uh, this, uh, as it's March 12th right now, the MLB has suspended operations indefinitely, and nobody knows what is actually going on. Now, the MLB season was about to start. You were at spring training. What What do you think is really going on right now? Uh, I, the, the best case scenario, I guess, would be, or the best way to describe what's going on, I think, for uh, what's happening right now, and even talking because. Today was a schedule off to anyhow for the Angels, so there's not no activity at, at the ballpark in Tempe Diablo Stadium. So that was a normal off day, but uh, you know now that the announcement has been made, and just talking to a few of the people with the Angels, a couple of the players I saw last night and a couple already this morning. Uh, more than likely, the players will probably stay in their spring training facilities, uh, just continue working out. There'll be no game being played more I, I wouldn't think um, and just kind of try to keep everything as normal as far as that at the moment and then the, the start of the season more than likely will be delayed I would imagine 
but uh, I, I, you know, first and foremost, you just you, you want everyone to everyone both in the stands, working around the stands, uh, the players themselves, all the working media, all to be safe, and and that's the, you know everyone's being cautious, and that's probably the right direction to go, and hopefully it won't be too long of a delay. But uh, you know the way this everything's going day to day, you just don't know. But uh, as of right now, I would imagine the guys will be staying and, and trying to keep in baseball shape because pitchers it's you know the most important thing is starting to build up arm strength and to be able to get to that point now where guys are going four or five innings and all of a sudden you shut it down completely uh that that's that's kind of tough on them hitters are getting their timing together they can always continue hitting cages and stuff but pitching wise you know you you could run into some issues if all of a sudden you shut it down and everyone kind of scatters around back to their their homes and and they're not in in a working you know workout condition type place yeah you're, you're right and what other team worse than would it be worse for than than the Angels, a team that has had a lot of issues when it comes to pitchers uh, staying healthy throughout the year? And uh, this is just a, a huge turn of events to anybody out there. But let's just try to dive into the 2020 Angels roster of whenever they do get to play. As a, the city of Houston, they said that they were going to be banning all uh, events through this uh, month of March. So opening day was already up in the air for the Angels. But going into the season, uh, under new management with, with uh, Joe Madden, uh, Anthony Rendon signing for a massive amount. There's been a couple uh, new pitchers added. What is the overall vibe that you're feeling from this Angels team going into the season? Yeah, if we could just go back just a couple days where, uh, you know, I walked into camp and I'm thinking, this is one of the most exciting camps I've been in a long time. There's a lot of positive energy. Joe has brought on some amazing you know, energy into that, on that field in that clubhouse. Uh, the, the everyday lineup we all know is going to be incredible. It's, it's everyone's obviously if everyone stays healthy. I really was liking what Mickey Callaway was doing with the pitching staff. These guys are getting back to the basics as far as getting outs. It's not worry about you know strikeouts and all the other stuff that goes with that. I know we all love guys throwing 98 to 100 miles an hour, get a lot of swing and miss, swing and miss percentages, but an out's an out, and that's the theory they were having, and they were having a, you know a lot of success doing so. So um, I, I think this team is definitely going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on right now with this team. When you think when Rendon in there, wow. I, I can't believe – I got to meet him at the press conference. He was a really nice guy. And then watching him the way he works, I mean, he's – even after batting practice in that first round and before they had the games in spring training, he's taking extra fielding practice at third base. And I'm thinking, this guy is legit. And his trout is the same way. Albert Poles looks really, really good and, and quick. At first base, you know, Anderson Simmons, for the first time in a long time, is healthy in spring training because he's always had some kind of shoulder or some other issue there for the most part. And, yeah, and Justin Upton looks in incredible shape. So there's a lot of positives going on right now with this club as going into the season, whatever that may start. But their their team is is going in the right direction. And then I love what Joe said, Matt, and I said, "Hey, listen, we're we're talking World Series postseason, and that's all I'm talking about." A lot of times when managers come in they say hey, we want to be competitive I, I think that's bringing the wrong message that's basically saying you're you're satisfied being mediocre and um he's not that way he said our, our goal right now is, is the postseason and world series and that's all we're talking about and i love that mindset and i don't know if you do remember this because i know you're all over the place uh, when it comes to traveling but uh we actually had a little interaction uh at shohei otani's debut in oakland i messaged you on twitter i got to get to uh talk to you right before he uh had his start and i remember we were, we were saying that this 2018 roster was 
uh, on the up and coming with the addition of Zach Kozar, uh, re-signing Upton. Uh, like eight out of the nine uh, players uh, had gold, had were either nominated for a Gold Glove award or have won uh, one already. And everything just seemed to be in the right direction. And then things just kind of faltered off after such a hot start to start off the year. I just, I just feel a different vibe from this team. I mean, I even wrote an article on, on our website, 3 com that was saying that the Angels could be the sleeper team of the year that nobody is paying attention to. And I think one of the biggest things is the starting rotation. Now, in your career, I mean, you're a two-time All-Star, uh, an amazing pitcher for the Royals, and let's not forget about your amazing season in Anaheim. <laughs> but yeah. what are you seeing from these starting pitchers that can intrigue a lot of Angel fans? Because there's still some that are on defense. Yeah, even go back to a little bit when you talk about how, you know, in 2018, a lot of those things, everything fell apart because of injuries, Cozart, you mentioned his name, Justin Upton, a lot of guys end up being hurt. We saw a lot of that last year as well. I think it's still, even before I talk about the pitching staff, even what Joe Madden has done, and I, I watched him, this, uh, I've only been down here for three, four days, but they were out one day at 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, working on bunning against Schiff, not for, not for, uh, sacrifice bunts. I'm talking about base hits. So he's working on that stuff with a lot of guys, not Trout, not Poles, guys like that. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I guess we lost connection or something there. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was it's the way everything's going right now, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we really have no clue. But. Yeah. Um, so back to what you were saying about with uh, Joe Madden and the, the bunk, uh, bunts for base hits. Yeah, I mean, he's. that's what I love. They're there at 8, 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning just working on. Bunting against the ship, picking up a base head. I mean, that's he wants guys on base. You could see them running a lot more, creating runs. Uh, they, he knows the importance. You can't just sit back and wait for a three-run home run. I know that's the big thing in baseball, the three outcomes, walk, strikeout, home run. But when you go to the postseason, that doesn't work because you're going to face number one, number two starters throughout each rotation, and it's going to make it difficult. So fundamentals have been really, really stressed a lot in spring training. So that's why I think – you know, a lot of things are going well. The guys are in incredible shape. And that goes right back to, you know, our conversation now about the, the pitching and the starting pitching in general right now because even talking to Dylan Bundy, watching Julio Tehran, guys like that are just knowing, hey, I'm going to pitch to contact. With this defense, it's going to be caught. You know, if it's on the ground, it's caught. If it's in the air, it's going to be caught unless it's 10 feet over the wall where this defense is set up. Now they're being more aggressive. And I love Mickey Callaway's theory that, hey, how many times can I get an out with one or two pitches? And if you can do that, you can save your best pitch, whether it's a breakable ball or fastball, to get that big punch out with a guy in scoring position. No, I, I fully agree with you. And one of the biggest things that I always loved that Joe Madden said uh, on an interview with ESPN was, look, I'll use analytics to help find those right players, but I'm not going to have that dictate what I'm going to do in a game. Of I'm playing it the way that it should be, and and that's what I've always wanted to hear. I've I always like the analytic sides of things, but you have to stick to some f- form of fundamentals. And one of the things analytically that I, I guess kind of bugged me. I'm, I'm I'm just a high school pitcher. I don't know much better. But was the uh, going through the rotation three times of the effects of that happening? And I really felt as if last year. That was a big handicap for the Angels season as when we saw guys like Ty Buttry uh, and a couple others throughout the bullpen, they started to deteriorate because the bullpen was being overused for that. Do you think that's going to be any different this year of starters getting to be allowed to go longer into games? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of analytics myself, but I also like what Joe said. He said, I love analytics, but also love heart. 
And when you meld those things together, when you bring out the best of every player, and, and, and you're right, that third time through a lineup, last year automatically, boom, all the data said, hey, you know, go to the bullpen. And Ty Buttrey, for me, the first half of the season was as good as any pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. He was dominant, but he was completely worn out. Oh, and big I know time. Joe is already, and I know Joe has said already to his starting pitchers, he goes, hey, don't be looking over your shoulder for me to get you out of the third time through. You're going out there. I want you into that seventh inning because I want to make sure our guys down in the bullpen are strong at the end of the season. I know they're going to be successful, but to be successful, you got to have these guys fresh and not up every single game and in every game to pick him up, you know, nine to 12 outs every single night. So I want you to have the mindset that, hey, that third time through doesn't matter. I mean, I know when I pitched, I always said, you know, if I got through that first time through the lineup, they weren't going to do anything against me that third time through. Four times through, <laughs> yep. that was an easy thing for me to do because I don't care if they know what I'm throwing because I have all the confidence and they don't have the confidence because they haven't hit me yet. Exactly, and I, I that's what I love to to hear from a manager. I, I I do like the analytics, but there's still parts where you got to go back to the fundamentals of it, and it has to be a good relationship with the player and manager on kind of you guys got to be on the same. Uh, page i mean i can remember last season tyler skaggs there was a few times where he'd be upset that he got pulled too early just because of going into the analytics side of things i mean the relationship between player and manager uh when it comes to august that has to be huge going into the year but with this new trust with uh joe madden and the pitchers andrew heaney will be slated to be the opening day starter and while the numbers don't really support it I felt as if Heaney had one of his better years last year. With the command of the slider, it just seemed a lot more efficient. He was getting into better counts. What are you gonna? What do you see from him this year, being the leader of that rotation? I mean, I like his stuff. He, you know, we, you know, we mentioned earlier about swing and miss stuff. He has that, especially with his fastball, his, his breakable slider is excellent. I think the use of his changeup will be very important for him as well. And it's always been about health with with Andrew. If he's, he's able to get out there and give you. 180 to 200 innings during the regular season, then all of a sudden he, he could be that ace where you think he can. I mean, Garrett Cole was a guy who was on the on the list right away. That didn't happen. You move forward. Uh, Andrew Heaney could be that guy to set. Uh, anytime you have a power lefty like him, uh, Patrick Sandoval's thrown exceptionally hard. And and that's the thing about being the setback a little bit here at spring training now is uh, I mean, his development. He was throwing 97 miles an hour. Dylan Bundy has been throwing great. Julio Teran's, you know, throwing the ball well. Is, you know, is, and Jaime Barrio, although his last time out struggled a little bit. Other than that, he's been really, really good. So there's some depth in there, which I like to see. And then eventually show Otani. And I saw him throw a bullpen the other day. I'm like, whoa, he, he's 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 bringing it already. That's your that's your ace. Yeah. When he's ready to go. When you're throwing 100 miles an hour, you have a swing and miss, no contact whatsoever, splitter, slider, and curve. All those things are, are A-plus as far as stuff for Shohei Otani. That changes the whole dynamics. And even yesterday, they were trying to figure out a plan what day of the week he would pitch. And it looks like maybe a Wednesday or Tuesday or something like that, possibly. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Now, he'll be able to continue on throwing here. But this, if there's depth in there, and I think the big thing now is with the power arms they have in the bullpen, they won't be worn out as much. Yes, and I'll be a one happy camper because I, I, I really felt bad for Ty Putry most of the year when you see him warming up in the fifth inning. As I, I kept thinking, oh, no, it's one of those nights with the long with the long inning relievers coming back out again. But with this young, exciting rotation that the Angels do have, 
Is there any players you think that are poised to have a breakout year, maybe a starter or a guy in the bullpen that not many are thinking of? Yeah, Barnes, they, they picked up. He's throwing the ball exceptionally well. They, they got him, you know, is it not, he's here as a non-roster pitcher. He's throwing the ball exceptionally well. Buckter, is, who, who, when you look at his overall career, you know, he's got an ERA under three from the left side. He's going to help out in that bullpen. I really was excited to see Griffin Canning, but I was kind of bummed when I found out, you know, about the elbow and he had the injection in there, and hopefully he'll be okay at some point. Maybe the delay of the season could be a blessing for, for Griffin. I thought – I really thought, and I've said it a number of times, I thought he was going to be dominant this year. He looked stronger. I saw him a couple times during the offseason. He looked bigger and stronger, and stuff is there already. So maybe you know, maybe we'll see him sooner than later. But uh, Patrick Sandoval, I'll go back to him again. I, and Joe Madden, well, I was talking to Joe just a couple of days ago about that, and, he, and every time I mentioned his name, his eyes just popped up. He goes, I love this kid. He's got a chance. You know, he didn't, you know, they – really limited him on pitches last year. And I think that, you know, sometimes that plays into your mind. I mean, you only got 50 pitches to work with. You're trying to somehow sneak five innings out of that instead of not worrying about a pitch count. So that won't be the case this year. You know, he's a local kid from Mission Viejo. I I, I love the chances he's going to have this year. I think he's got a big-time future as far as dominating in the big leagues. Oh, I do as well. I I love – I love his off-speed pitching, and also, like, the first game when he came up and he played in Cincinnati, I mean, I think his first five pitches were, like, 96, 97 the whole time. So he shows he has a little bit of a power arm if he has uh, the excitement. But one last question before I let you go. Thank you so much for coming on, and I got to at least cover every Angel player's favorite uh, player on social media as of right now. I could say Mike Trout. We already know what Trout's going to do. It's another MVP caliber season. But David Fletcher. The, the Angels infield this year has to be insane with depth. Uh, it just overall, it is, I think, hands down, actually, the best defensive infield in all of baseball. What are you expecting from this amazing defensive lineup? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned David Fletcher. You know, Joe Madden's one of his favorite players with Ben Zobers. He had him when they won the World Series with the Cubs. He had him down there in Tampa. He's going to be that kind of guy. You might not see him at second base every day. You might see him at second. You might see him occasionally at short. You're going to see him. You know, it was crazy when I watched him the other day playing center field. He's played some right field. He's played some left field. He's going to play everywhere. And having him in your lineup is, is, is giant because he can put the ball in play. He works pitches exceptionally well. All those things are, you know, for a winning ball club. And that's what that's what's going to turn out really well for Fletcher. And then, uh, you know, another guy on social media pretty well, Joe Adele. Might, <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring him. him up. Yeah, we might see him before too long. You know, Keenan, you know, Keenan Middleton is getting close. He's throwing the ball, except, you know, that's going to be a huge piece for the bullpen as well. So there's a lot of really, really good things to look forward to this team when that, when that bell rings for, for the season, the regular season to start. So once that happens, I can't wait to see how successful this team is. Oh, me neither. I'm getting my MLB extra innings. I'm getting it set all the way from Delaware. I'll be staying up till 1 a.m., whatever it takes. I, I cannot wait for this season to start. There's a lot of optimism that I haven't felt for a while. Just knowing Joe Madden as your manager, I just feel so much more confident right now, personally. But, Mr. Gubas, I want to yeah. thank you so much for coming on to the show uh, and just taking your time out of your day because I know how hectic everything is with the uh, MLB postponing, uh, not everybody knowing what's next. So I just want to thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Connor, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun doing it. One thing about, again, with Joe Bannon, the perfect guy with the stormy waters you know, the club went through last year and right into when he, when he signed to where he is right now. He is absolutely the perfect 
manager for this club right now that I think is going to get the most out of every single individual, even the best player in the world. And Mike Trout will be a better player this year with Joe Madden. Oh, I just cannot wait. Mr. Gubiza, thank you so much. Connor, thank you, man. Appreciate being on with you. And that was Mark Gubiza for you guys. I hope you guys did enjoy it. I do apologize for any audio technical difficulties. It was a rushed interview, but... It's what you got to do if you want to get a guy like Mark Gubas on. You'll do anything, no matter what obstacles you have to overcome to do so. And that's going to wrap things up for today's 3 Bro Sports Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know this is the first ever hour-long plus podcast for 3 Bro Sports. I know, it's quite crazy. But don't you worry, guys. The content won't stop just because the sports leagues have it. Check out our website, 3brosports.com. we got new articles coming out. All the time. Check it out. We got a new team coming up where everybody's writing articles, including myself. I did my own preseason power rankings that I've, I brought up throughout multiple interviews. Check it out for yourself. 3 uh, Also, uh, I did, I, if you guys were paying attention early on, uh, you, you would have heard that uh, we won't have a live show for you guys on TV Del Marva on Saturday. It'll be a rerun of last week, but most people didn't get to see last week because of some technical difficulties. So it'll basically act like a new episode. But until then, keep washing your hands. Stay safe out there, guys. It's a a cold world. Just make sure uh, we got all that hand sanitizer. And try to stay safe. uh, Check uh, who you're with. But, guys, have a good one. Three Bro Sports would like to thank Anchor FM for sponsoring this podcast and Benjamin Tissot on bensound.com for the amazing intro, outro music. Sit down.